This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello, welcome to episode 77 of the Thursday Night Podcast, a special late night edition. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined tonight by David and Brady. Tonight we have basketball to discuss. The men's basketball team beat the number four West Seed Arkansas State 71-68 in the Sunbelt quarterfinal to advance to face Louisiana tomorrow. As far as the game went, it was all Red Wolves early. They made six of their first seven threes and led by as much as 32-19 in the first half. But Georgia State stormed back and finished the half on a 15-1 run to take a 34-33 halftime lead. The teams traded leads back and forth all second half and then Arkansas State scored five straight to take a 68-64 lead with three minutes, 11 seconds remaining. With their backs against the wall and facing elimination, the Panthers finished the game on a 7-0 run and got past the pesky Red Wolves. Uh, gentlemen, what are our thoughts about this game against Arkansas State? So it's the most cliche thing, but everyone says it because it's always true. The name of the game in March is Survive in Advance. It doesn't matter how you do it. If you're the winning team at the end of the game and you're playing the next day, that's all you got to do in conference tournaments. So there's certainly a lot you can look at and want improvement from. And it definitely wasn't the best game Georgia State could have played in that situation. But bottom line, they got the win. They got past what turned out to be a very frustrating, pesky Arkansas State team who really were up for the game. And uh, you play tomorrow. You play Louisiana tomorrow. You know, it certainly didn't look good in various stretches there. And, you know, credit to Arkansas State. It definitely looked like, you know, that age old situation where one team played on one day and then you've got the higher seed who had a bye, And, you know, the team who had that those reps and, you know, were used to playing, played pretty well to come out of the gate. And the team that, you know, everybody thought that the rest would be helpful for them. They kind of, you know, Georgia State came out a little flat early on and you definitely saw a Panthers team that wasn't really playing to their strengths. And that's why they went down 32, 19 early, you know, but definitely great performances by the Panthers, you know, at the ends of the halves to, you know, I think all told they went on like a 22 to one run at the end of both the first and second half combined, you know, to come away with the win like that, you know, that's championship level basketball right there. Yeah. Early on, I think it is some of what you were saying about they had had a game under their feet and Georgia state hadn't played in a week. Uh, but also Kane picked up two really quick fouls. Jalen Thomas picked up two moderately quick fouls. He, his was, I think in the 11 minute of the first half. And so you had two starters who had to go out without trouble and the Jalen part of it feeds into a general team for the whole game, but especially in the first half led by Norshad Omir. Arkansas State was just working it inside and they were just the team. I'm sure when Coach Lanier and company do their uh, patented hustle chart at the end of the game, the first half is not going to score very well on that because Arkansas State was beating them to every loose ball, fighting inside for rebounds, making everything happen. And so it was really no surprise given how the teams were playing that Arkansas State was able to get out to that lead. Uh, the Even though that both bigs got to 10 points in the end, it was as little impact on the offensive side of the game that Jalen Eliel have had in a while. And certainly since Jalen has gone on this run that he's been on. Uh, so that's something that I, I'm not just going to toot my own horn, but I was my like 
this is what can happen for Georgia state was letting Omir dominate inside and get a bunch of rebounds and do all that. And, you know, he ended up with the team had 47 to Georgia state's 38, 17 of those were offensive and he was 16 points, 18 rebounds was absolutely a force inside. And it caused problems for Georgia state. They weren't immediately ready for that. You know, and I'll I'll just say it because I think it's definitely something that needs to be said. I don't think the refs were the reason why Georgia State looked bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think that the team struggled to adapt to how closely and tightly the first half was called. Um, they definitely were better in the second half. So, you know, props to, you know, coach Rob Lanier and, you know, the Panthers for being much better in the second half with those fouls. Um, but, you know, like you said, Jalen was in foul trouble early. Uh, Kane was in foul trouble or, you know, early. And that definitely had an impact. Um, but one thing that was really helpful for the Panthers is it's not like Arkansas state was really shooting lights out, you know, anywhere except from the three, they were six of 11 from downtown, you know, that's good. 55%. But from the floor, they were only 27% in the first half. And that absolutely had an effect on, you know, Georgia state's ability to kind of calm down and, you know, get some guys going. That was when you saw Justin kind of get, you know, he hit three shots in the half and, you know, you saw Ryan Boyce come off the bench and, you know, give Georgia state anything. So, it was really nice that the Panthers were able to get things from, you know, a host of people when Kane and Jalen weren't at their best or on the court at all. And, you know, that's, we've talked about depth all year long. Like that's 100% just the depth that this program has built up. And, you know, this is just another game where that has absolutely mattered. Yeah. Kane going out. Uh, I think it had an impact on the game and how it was going, but Evan Johnson ended up with 11 points and you needed those 11 from him. And so he came in and hit a three pretty soon after he subbed for Kane. And so it was, I think the coach and you're going to keep talking about how important the bench is because it's true. And you got out bench points, 18 to 17, but you know, you got that from the bench. You got 11 from Evan, you got six from Ryan Boyce. And obviously in a three point game, that's what ends up mattering. Uh, but in the first half, I obviously it wasn't going well. I it progressively got worse to the point where they Arkansas State jumped out to that 13 point lead. But at that point, obviously the most important stretch of the game was that 15 one run because if you're playing a lower seed and you're going down double digits into the half, or if and if they're even able to extend from where they were going into the locker room, that's tougher. Obviously, the game stayed a game all the way to the end. It's not like going up at the half meant oh Georgia State. Is got yeah. You know, it, it wasn't the end of the game to be going up with a one point lead to the half, but it mattered to be back in the game, whether you were leading or whether you just was closer than thirteen going into the half. But especially the way that they were able to do it was encouraging because we hadn't seen a lot of what was working late in the half at any point earlier in the half. I mean, you know. It- this is definitely a testament to coaching, but the way that they were able to adjust in the second half and sort of, you know, improve upon those issues in the first half, like with the fouls and, you know, the turnovers, they were not necessarily sloppy, but they weren't as crisp, obviously, you know, and then the second half, that wasn't an issue. I don't think they, I think they had two turnovers, you know, until around five or six minutes left in the half. You know, those were the types of things that allow teams to be able to stay in basketball games a lot longer and overcome you know those double digit leads for higher seeds like those are all very important and georgia state did a lot of those little things today 
Yeah, on the game, forced 15 Red Wolf turnovers and got 22 points off of those turnovers. That was key. And 10 turnovers wasn't a bad number for Georgia State, and Arkansas State was only able to get 12 points off of those. So you won in that regard, and that's a case where I think before we were talking about a situation where you hope that that's going to be the case. So um, good to see that. And the second half, I will say, I don't think the defense was particularly good for a good portion of the second half. There were problems galore and they were working in some zone because they felt I think they had to um, it wasn't working and it seemed like there were some miscommunications going on there were guys getting left open for open looks that shouldn't have been and I'm sure that will be an emphasis of the film study that they have before they play tomorrow but they locked up when they needed to they got it done down the stretch and uh, I think I would say that the coaching staff but also just any of us who know how March works are going to be fine with the fact that this was a good game. Coach Lanier even said it himself in his post game that he was happy they got the moment that tested them in March because I think if they walk in and just shoot the lights out against Arkansas State, win by 30, whatever score you want to name, it's not going to have them as ready as this game will now. Louisiana's a tough team that's coming tomorrow, and now they've gotten tested. They've gotten shook, and they were on the brink of being eliminated. And so as far as fans and heart rates go i'm sure that the easy victory would have been the best possible outcome not having to sweat it at all but as far as the team you earned a little march medal for free and you know you're still in the tournament you you got tested you won and you can take that instead of possibly resting on your laurels going to a game tomorrow We have to talk about the good, you know, we've talked about Justin Roberts struggles, you know, the last couple of weeks, but you know, that's another 15 plus point game from Justin. He had eight rebounds, four assists. When Georgia state is at their best, they get guys to get other people involved. Number one and two, they always find the hot hand, you know, Kane had two points. He still had five assists. He was still distributing the ball. Like he has been when the focus isn't on him, you know, he didn't hit, he hasn't, hit the threes like he recently was at the end of the season, but he was still able to affect the game in other ways. And, you know, Corey Allen had another 15 points, you know, but there was a time during the game where Corey Allen was struggling, you know, and so definitely hats off to the Georgia state players for just recognizing, okay, you know, maybe the shot's not really falling. Like we think it should be falling, but they're still finding ways to get it done and get guys involved. And that's, you know, that, like you said, playing in those close games and coming away with wins absolutely matters because the teams don't get easier as you go up through tournaments. They always get harder and better. Um, so, you know, the, if you've got that, okay, we know how, what to do in those close situations, that experience absolutely matters. And even off of last year where some of the guys were on this team and it was a similar middle of the game against Georgia Southern teams were close and Southern just went on that run and, and state had no answer and gotten, you know, beat up off their own court for the second week running against Georgia Southern. That would have been a discouraging thing going into the off season. And so you've had now this is seven in a row one. And a few of the games have been these late game situations where they're starting to build that comfort and getting back to the late season winning tradition that Georgia state's really started to build. Uh, got a shout out free throw shooting extraordinaire Elio Um I, I joke it was he was zero for six at one point 
And just it was pretty rough looking free throws, if I'm being honest. But late in the game, he's a guy who went to the line. He kept fighting for offensive re- or he kept fighting for defensive rebounds and getting fouled. And obviously, he's the last one of the five on the court at any time you want up there shooting free throws. But he hit three of the four of them, gave Georgia State the lead, and was doing a lot of work inside late in the game on defense. The thing late in the game, once Georgia State was able to get back on top. I don't think Arkansas State got one single good look at the basket. They turned it over a couple of times. And even late in the game, when Evan missed his two free throws and they were down three, had a chance to tie it. They didn't really get a great look off. And then they got the offensive rebound, but the guy didn't take it out to the arc or throw it out to the arc and just put up a weird two that even if it went, that didn't change anything. Uh, but for all that I just said about the defense, they figured it out down the stretch and didn't as nervous as I'm sure a lot of people were at how the outcome outcome of the game could have gone. Once it got to that point, there weren't any moments where I was like, Arkansas state looks really poised on offense to get this going. Like it for what was working for them for most of the game, it just stopped working. I think it's credit to Georgia state for making that happen. Yeah, honestly, I just thought that Georgia State, when they were down 68-64, it was going to be the question in my mind was, is this team going to find the points in order to win this basketball game? It wasn't a matter of if Arkansas State was going to continue to just be a blistering offensive team. No, I mean, you know, we talk about Georgia State being an 80 points per game team this year and you know I was just I was wondering whether or not the Panthers were just going to find the offense or if today was just going to be a cold shooting night and you know that's all she wrote for their March hopes this year but hats off to them for you know going on that 7-0 run to close it out all right so as you said earlier Brady survive and advance and advance the Panthers will to face Louisiana the number two seed in the west And Louisiana earlier tonight defeated South Alabama by a score of 79 to 68. Just a few quick stats for you. Louisiana shooting 46.5% from the floor compared to South Alabama's 37.9. Jaguars had the advantage on free throws at 72.7% versus 66.7 for the Ragin' Cajuns. Um, but right before we get into a little bit more deep talk about the Cajuns, I did want to do kind of a rapid fire tools of the game. Of course, tools of the game is our segment where we preview an upcoming matchup in this case, tomorrow's game versus Louisiana. So gentlemen, what do you got? Well, Georgia State shot 12 threes today. And, you know, this is a team that likes to shoot threes. They, you know, are very good at shooting the three ball. And, you know, going five of 12 is just not going to cut it against Louisiana. Um, Georgia State is definitely going to need to bring both their offensive intensity and their willingness to share the rock and pass the ball around to find those open shooters on the wings because a big reason why they were able to sweep the Jaguars in Mobile you know last week was their ability to shoot the three and their ability to pass off dribble drives and we didn't see a ton of that um, against Arkansas State they were a lot more focused on getting you know those jumpers from the mid-range down near the baseline and you know kind of working Jalen in the second half to hit his, you know, kind of top of the key jumper. And you had Kane going at the basket as well a lot of times. So definitely finding ways to incorporate those outside jump shots will be really big for Georgia State. So for me, uh, it builds into something that Louisiana does well and also what we just talked about Georgia State struggling with. So in their win against South Alabama, 
The Cajuns out-rebounded in what was a massacre. South Alabama, 53-29. to 29. Louisiana had three guys get double-doubles with rebounds. Malik Wilson, Dugay, and Theo Akwuba. They all had double-doubles with rebounds. And we were just talking about how Omir and the Arkansas State people kind of took Georgia State's bigs out of having the impact they usually have. And so for me, whatever was wrong with LAO and Jalen, and part of it was foul trouble, but whatever wasn't working, they've got to sort overnight and just get right because this is a Louisiana team that could, it could be the exact same thing as what just happened with the Arkansas State game. And, you know, Louisiana is a more talented team. Uh, they have even more bodies, uh, you know, guys that can shoot it. And you're asking for trouble if you're going to play out the same game two games in a row and hope that you can also pull this one out late, some of your own. And making sure there's not stretches of the game where Louisiana is just continuing to put up points just for the sheer fact that you're giving them two or three looks at the basket. So as always, Tools of the Game is brought to you by Crawford Tool, longtime supporters of Panther Athletics and the Thursday Night Podcast. So make sure you visit their website at CrawfordTool.com and use code THURS at checkout. That's T-H-E-R-S if you're looking for some high quality tools at excellent prices. So gentlemen, if you want to go into a little bit more of a in-depth preview of Louisiana, what would you say Panthers really need to be looking forward? Well... You know, one thing that I like with Louisiana is their guards. They have two guards, Cedric Russell, Malik Wilson. You know, those are two guys who are averaging over 10 points a game, you know, shooting really good from the floor. Russell, 43 percent, you know, Wilson, 43 percent if we're splitting hairs with fractions and decimals, you know. And then, like we said earlier in the tools of the game, they've got some forwards who clearly out rebounded uh, South Alabama. And that's, you know, definitely going to be important for Georgia State. Uh, the Panthers are just a hair under the Cajuns in rebounding in rebounds per game. The Cajuns average 39 per game. The Panthers average 37.4. You know, if you're if we're sitting here tomorrow and we're talking about, you know, Louisiana was plus two on the boards, that is probably a good thing for Georgia State. Um, so, you know, the rebounds are obviously going to be important. And it's just like Brady said, like, it's just a good team. You know, they've got a number of guys that can score and they're definitely in the upper part of the points per game uh, for a team in the Sun Belt. So Georgia State's definitely going to either need to, you know, keep up that 80 points per game pace or, you know, tap into the defense that they have, you know, kind of been missing the last few weeks, except for, you know, in stretches today. Yeah, this whole section where we haven't actually seen Georgia State play a team, it's weird. I'm glad that everything else being normal, we're going to go back to playing everyone during the regular season, just so there isn't this kind of, we don't know who's a bad matchup for each other until they actually play each other. Um, but might hit the trifecta. Texas state is the only team left in the, uh, outside of the bracket that is from the West. So that's the only option where it would be a, a trifecta of teams. Georgia state hasn't played before. If, if it even gets that far, um, yeah, Wilson's a really good defender. He's got almost two steals a game. Uh, and I I looked at the box score. I was watching the game as we were watching Georgia State, but obviously it wasn't completely tuned in. And I was surprised when I looked and saw that South Alabama only had nine turnovers because 
there's a stretch of the game where Louisiana was breaking out some kind of press and some kind of trap, something like that. And it was just completely ruining South Alabama's flow on offense. So maybe it wasn't so much that led to turnovers, but it definitely took them out of their offensive flow and forced them to take 36 threes, which I think is part of their game anyway, but they were 10 of 36. And so that's sort of the ball game for them. If they're shooting that poorly from three, they're not going to have much of a chance. And so credit to Louisiana for that. Going into this one, I think partly for the same reason with Georgia Southern that I didn't really want to deal with any potential rivalry factor. You don't need any of that juice. And Louisiana and Georgia State are technically still rivals, though I think a little of that sauce is gone. Ron Hunter gone and tensions have cooled, so to speak. But also, I liked the idea of playing the team on their third game, especially because we saw South Alabama playing back-to-back they just were not the same team on that Saturday game. And so them a third day in a row probably would have been preferable just from a sheer outlasting a team point of view, but you've got Louisiana. Russell is a guy to watch out for. He's shooting over 40% from three on the year and is the type of guy who can just take over a game. So going to have to make sure that some of these lapses on, if they're going with the zone, some of the lapses or the leaving open shooters open just can't happen because they've got guys who can knock them down. And yeah, I mean, my tool of the game is the the biggest thing for me. It's just, we need to see that toughness from the inside with Jalen and LAL, which that sounds like a critique after, you know, that's what they've done for the last, that's part of why Georgia State's had so much success late in the year, just lost a little bit in the Arkansas State game, but no reason to think they can't do it. It's just got to happen. It, that's going to be the test for them. They're going to, a lot is going to be asked of those two. Absolutely. And, you know, like we said earlier, they definitely got into the Arkansas State game a lot more just as it started to be as it developed. And if you gave them about five, ten more minutes in that game, I bet you that Jalen and Kane and, you know, the guys who were struggling would have probably got into it more. So I definitely expect to see them kind of come out a little bit stronger in this game with Louisiana. And like you said, like they might not be rivals anymore because, you know, Coach Hunter is gone. But I'm sure in the locker room that they know the history between these two schools and, you know, guys get up for those things both Georgia state will and Louisiana will. So it should be a good game. All right. So we'll be looking forward to that matchup tomorrow, but we did also want to talk about the women's basketball team who earlier today faced off against number three in the West seed little rock. And unfortunately lost that game 75 68 to end their season at 13 and 11 and to extend the Sunbelt tournament curse as it were. Uh, Panthers trailed by two leading into the fourth quarter and finally got it level at 56 apiece on a Taylor Hosendove layup with 552 left. But from there, the Trojans went on a 12 and two run to get their lead to double digits, and they made their free throws late to finish off the win. Now, real quick, before we dive into some analysis on this game, I just want to point out that Little Rock was 87.5% from behind the arc, and the Panthers uh, only shot 44.4% from three. So uh, for me, that's the story of the game right there. But gentlemen, what did you think? Yeah, I just I feel bad because they're obviously fighting really hard and they were on a good run at the end of the year going to this tournament. And just it's another year they weren't able to get a win and the the streak continues, unfortunately. Um, for me, obviously, a team shooting seven of eight from three from against you is just bad news, asking for trouble. Sometimes if a team's shooting that hot from perimeter, you just got to say it wasn't your night. But for me, I think that 
it was a game into the fourth quarter. It was a game into the middle of the fourth quarter. It was tied at 56. And then Little Rock was able to work stuff on offense and get to the basket. And Georgia State just, they couldn't find any one person who was the hot hand who was saying, I'm going to take this game over. Let's go. And so I think that's where it came down to for me. Just late in the game, you just didn't have the answers on offense and it got away from you. They fought really hard at the end. Once it was up to double digits, they on their side of things did it about as well as they could have, but Little Rock hit their free throws and it stayed out of reach and ultimately seven point loss in the end. But I am sure that they are disappointed after having got the two seed, but end of the day, everything still seems trending up with coach Hill in charge. This is now the second in three years with the winning season. A lot to like. Unfortunately, the result wasn't there today, and they'll have to go into the offseason and look to improve on that for next year and get that pivotal tournament win. Honestly, uh, and I I just checked, and this kind of makes me even more mad than watching it. You mentioned when it was 56 all with five minutes and 52 seconds left. Immediately after that, Little Rock went on a 9-0 run, and you felt that 9-0 run. They, they couldn't miss anything. From that 9-0 run through the rest of the game, Georgia State outscored Little Rock 12 to 10. And, you know, it's it sucks because basketball is a game of runs and Georgia State, you know, was they were with Little Rock the whole game. And then they finally had that one Little Rock went on that one run and Georgia State just never was able to match that run. And, but they matched Little Rock from that run that they went on through the rest of the game. And it's, you know, that's so soul crushing because they were right there. As Jordan said, there's apparently some sort of Sunbelt tournament curse for this women's team, but they were right there and they were absolutely able to win this game and at least, you know, force it to overtime or something. But they just never had that that run in them with five minutes left to get back in the game and, you know, keep it a lot closer than it was. But obviously hats off to, you know, coach Hill and the girl, the women, because they, they had a great season, especially after not having that great of a season last year, you know, anytime that you can go from being, you know, in the bottom of the Sun Belt to being the second seed in the East this year in one off season, you know, that's coaching, that's talent, that's development. That's absolutely what you like to see out of these ladies. Exactly. And that is a a good spot to look forward to next season from the women. Uh, so tomorrow, the men are going to tip off against Louisiana at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time from Pensacola Bay Center in the semifinal. Winner of that game will face the winner of the other semifinal on Monday for an NCAA berth. So that's all we got for this special late night edition of the Thursday night podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will be right back at you again tomorrow night following the semifinal game. See ya. The Thursday night podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia state sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford enterprises, LLC on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by programming director, Brady Weiler and technical director, Jordan Crawford with assistance from co-hosts, Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google play and Apple podcast to submit questions and comments or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.